0: Anthony Wilson here with the Mastering Risk Management podcast. I just thought I'd take the opportunity one last time in 2017 to have a quick talk to you about some of the risk events that occurred in 2017 and, you know, just help you reflect on what's occurred over the year and think about what that might mean for us all in the risk business for 2018. Now, whether they are strategic failures or external risks that came to bite some of these organisations or even um, operational risks. Um, I think they're all good for us to reflect on periodically and think about how uh, that might, or they might impact our own um, operations in in 2018. So a bit of a, a year in review um, for 2017. So I guess fairly early in the year in january um we learned that uh, volkswagen was ordered to pay 4.3 billion in additional penalties uh for that emissions fraud uh program they're they're cheating on the uh, mandatory emission testing so um that was um for diesel vehicles sold in the united states and um you know that's a that's a hell of a fine you know 2.8 billion dollar criminal penalty and 1.4 billion in civil penalties so uh, that's on top of the 15 billion they'd already paid um, in 2016 to settle civil actions with consumers and regulators so um, yeah hell of a hell of a year for for Volkswagen um, on a similar note And in the auto industry, um, and in January in uh, 2017, we heard that Takata um, agreed to pay $1 billion in a settlement over the faulty airbags. Um, You'll recall there were, I think it was found in the end, to be about 16 deaths and um, many injuries due to exploding Takata airbags and, you know, something like $42 uh, vehicle recall. So you know that's a that's a hell of a uh, hell of a recall. So uh, yeah, billion dollars in payments um, based on the number of uh, vehicles and brands that had to recall. Uh, locally in uh, in New South Wales, we also learned in January that Mike Baird uh, resigned as New South Wales Premier. He had um, three years in office when he decided to uh, stepped down, and, um, as, as we all know, he was ultimately succeeded by his, uh, treasurer, Gladys Berejiklian, so, uh, that happened in, in January as well. Um, there was also, I guess, that, uh, terrible tragedy down in Melbourne, where, uh, the man drove his car into pedestrians on Burke Street and, um, ended up killing five people and injuring over 30, so, you know, shocking tragedy, um, in, in January, um, and I guess uh, one thing that created a lot of uh, tension around the world and uncertainty around the world that was that on uh, the late end of uh, January, Donald Trump signed a travel ban for um, several countries, uh, suspending their um, suspending the admissions program into the state, so they were. Muslim-majority nations, um, Iran, Iraq, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria and Yemen. Um, and that, uh, you know, that caused quite a bit of um, distress around the world and, you know, organisations like Google bringing many of its employees back home and, uh, you know, making sure they were, they were in the States safe and well. So it um, just goes to show that that external risk uh, can can jump up and bite you quite, quite quickly and quite dramatically um, in, uh, in that form. Um, in early February, we had uh, a major heatwave across southeastern Australia, and so, you know, records were broken in terms of temperatures, and we had extensive um, power losses across um, particularly New South Wales. I know there was fires in New South Wales um, up to about 26 at one stage. Um, across the state, given the the record temperatures. Um, Also around mid-February, the Australian Parliament passed the mandatory data breach notification laws. So the Privacy Act now states that um, organisations need to notify of data breaches um, across um, government and private sector. Um, It kicks in uh, to law in February 2018. So whilst uh, the risk emerged in February 2017, it'll actually take effect in February 18. So something for us all to think about from a risk perspective. Um, the other sort of um, fairly horrific event when it happened was um, the light plane that crashed into the DFO outlet in Melbourne. So on the 21st of February, uh, five people were in a Beechcraft King Air that cr- crashed into the direct factory outlet shopping centre uh, near Essendon Airport, uh, and we will all recall the uh, the pictures of the, the terrible aftermath of that of that crash. So, moving into March was a uh, a little uh, quieter uh, in terms of number of events, but probably some fairly significant ones nonetheless. So, we had in Queensland tropical cyclone Debbie. Uh, strike. It uh, made landfall between Early Beach and Bowen in North Queensland. Um, major power outages, something like 140,000 homes without power, and flash flooding uh, in southern Queensland and northern New South Wales. So it certainly left a mark. We also had uh, in late March um, the UK triggering what they call Article 50 to initiate Brexit. So that was the beginning of the official process to. Um, withdraw the UK from the European Union. So, as we all heard at the time, two years for that uh, deal to be done. And you'll recall there was a number of businesses that were um, very concerned about what that would mean for them, and, and were looking for um, new headquarters in in the EU somewhere. And they, you know, they included some very famous firms like Lloyd's of London and AIG, Hiscox, Chubb. Excel Group, some of these major insurers um, concerned about what would happen with the EU. Um, divorce, as they call it. Um, we also had, in right at the end of March, the Hazelwood Power Station in Victoria um, was taken offline for the last time. So it had been up and running since 1964. As we know now, uh, that's triggered some real concerns in Australia about continuity of um, power, particularly baseload power. So Um, That station um, certainly uh, shutting down didn't help and, you know, we know there's ongoing discussion about power reliability and and supply going forward. The um, start of April saw ongoing flooding in northern New South Wales and you'll recall that Cyclone Debbie uh, in in March uh, dropped an enormous amount of rain and um, the continuing floods uh, in northern New South Wales Uh, had a devastating effect. In fact, nine people lost their lives, including three children around Tweed Heads, Gingle and Tumblegum um, in that area. So, yeah, terrible uh, aftermath of that uh, natural disaster. Um, We also saw in April uh, Malcolm Turnbull announced that the 457 visa program was going to be scrapped Um, And he said, you know, Australians should come before overseas workers. So uh, that was, again, another controversial decision. Um, Just on a data-related thing again, um, there was a uh, uh, Orange is the New Black new series to come out on Netflix, um, which is always highly anticipated, but um, some hackers um, had threatened to release... Uh, the show to air uh, or release the show early um, if they weren't paid a ransom. And interestingly, Netflix stood up and said that they wouldn't pay the ransom, and um, it was uh, released early. So uh, that was a result of a security breach at one of the production vendors. And you know, this is where third parties again can play such a significant part in your own security um, environment. So, very important to understand which third parties have access to what and, you know, what procedures they're uh, putting in place um, to protect your data. And, you know, the, the Netflix thing wasn't a uh, isolated incident. You know, there was a Disney hack in May and I think HBO was also the target uh, later on in the year. So interesting uh, for us as risk managers to think about that and the ramifications. In May, uh, we all learnt a new word called WannaCry. And uh, WannaCry was a ransomware uh, that uh, basically paralysed, you know, hundreds of thousands of computers and, you know, affected something like 150 countries. um, And basically was uh, targeted at computers that were running old versions of Microsoft Windows. And the... um, The attack was quite uh, significant in the number of organisations that had pretty old equipment, from anywhere from uh, the UK National Health Service to the German state railways. Lots of businesses we heard about. um, You know, we heard about Nissan and Renault having to shut down production in England and France and Honda, uh, similarly, at one of its Japanese plants. So, you know, the WannaCry ransomware um, incident... Of course, significant uh, issues, and particularly, um, sort of made brought into sharp focus the fact that um, old versions of software can be particularly particularly vulnerable. May also saw the horrific uh, terrorist attack uh, at in Manchester at the Ariana Grande concert, where twenty two people were killed and some five hundred injured. Just a terrible terrible incident. And, you know, the strategy of terrorists is obviously to do as much damage as they can, but to create as much fear and concern in people as well. So, um, you know, that's, that was, a, was an absolutely atrocious incident and, um, you know, it just reminds us of, of the need to be vigilant and, and think about things not as we think of them, but sometimes as how terrorists might try and take advantage of weaknesses in our, in our systems. Moving on to June, uh, we saw President Donald Trump announce that the United States was going to withdraw from the Paris agreement. Um, and uh, you know that was a real blow for climate change mitigation. and uh, he felt that it was going to be a detrimental thing for the US. And um, uh, he said he was he was out, so um, yeah, not a not a great um, uh, uh, outcome. Uh, particularly given that basically the United States is now the only country that has said it won't participate. So that's, um, that was um, not, a, not a great thing, but some controversy around uh, some of Donald Trump's decisions, as we've all we've all seen. Uh, in New South Wales in June, we saw the former New South Wales Minister for Mineral and Forestry Resources, Ian MacDonald, sentenced to 10 years in prison for uh, being found guilty of corruptly issuing mining licences at Doyle's Creek in the Hunter Valley, so um, yeah, a, a former minister of the New South Wales government, and uh, clearly not doing the right thing by the people or by his portfolio, and uh, and justice was uh, was dispensed. Um, June also, unfortunately, sure saw, saw the horrific fire at the Grenville Tower in London, where this twenty-four storey apartment block, um, which was clad with these Highly flammable uh, building materials on the on the exterior of the building, um, yeah, went up uh, in a really rapidly spreading blaze, and um, uh, unfortunately, eighty people lost their lives as a result of the speed of that fire. Um, and uh, you know, it's uh, just just been a horrific outcome. It also, obviously, cost insurers in property and liability claims a, a significant amount of money as well, but. Um, yeah, not a, not a great thing and, and now we're seeing crackdowns certainly here in Australia and I guess around most of the world um, on the use of those materials um, in any future building products and uh, audits on buildings that may uh, exist today with those, with those products where there needs to be actions taken to remove them. Uh, Also in June, um, we saw 10 network holdings uh, go into voluntary administration in Australia, so 10 being one of the big commercial TV stations. Um, Yeah, failed to get any um, loan guarantees from the shareholders, so it was placed into voluntary administration. So, um, yeah, that began uh, a bit of a tenuous time, and uh, as we've subsequently found out, the, the company's been purchased by CBC, in the US, and um, yeah, now we're looking at new directions, but um, yeah, a little bit uh, concerning for that organization for a while. Um, we also saw in June, um, speaking of media related, um, Rebel Wilson uh, win her defamation case against Bauer Media, where uh, they printed in several of their magazines. Um, Insinuations or allegations that she was a serial liar and um, she obviously took Bauer Media to court and um, won uh, that battle uh, on the 15th of June. We subsequently found out that she was awarded, um, I think, the largest payout uh, for a defamation case of its kind, something like over $4 million uh, for that case. So, uh, yeah, certainly a, uh, a significant development. Um, also in June, we had... Um, the Uber CEO resigned. So uh, it took a while coming and, um, you know, there was some some uh, investor sentiment that suggested he should have done it earlier, but the Uber CEO, Travis Kalanick, uh, resigned uh, after uh, there were uh, a fair few scandals in the business. So the, there was incidents of sexual harassment and discrimination and things that, uh, weren't handled particularly well, particularly with uh, employees that were dismissed potentially as a result of those things, and also um, that the the culture in the um, workplace was not not great. So it uh, yeah it all sort of came to a head. There's also some um, IP dispute going on with Google over self-driving car technology and um, some stuff that uh, is is not great. So he was the founder or co-founder of the of the company and uh, ended up as its CEO. But uh, you know, come uh, come June this year, he was uh, he was forced to step down. So, and I think as we see today, Uber's still battling with some um, regulatory challenges and and some of those sort of things. Um, also, for another tech company, Google was hit uh, on the twenty seventh of June with a two point eight billion euro fine. Um, for antitrust uh, provisions and basically that was um, around uh, manipulating search results um, to give prominent uh, positioning in its Google um, price comparisons um, while sort of hiding or demoting or, or lowering down the order rival sites. So uh, massive fight and um, it uh, sort of was a was a big wake up call I think to organizations to think about the um the power they have with this technology and the data and and how they use that and how they represent that to uh, the general public um, particularly given um, google's dominant uh, position in the uh, in the search engine uh, space so uh that wasn't it for google they've still got two more um, antitrust investigations and um Yeah, they revolve around access to Android operating system and the AdSense advertising service. So Google still has some um, fights on its hand around uh, some antitrust. Um, In July, uh, a new law enforcement agency was created to fight corruption um, called the International Anti-Corruption Coordination Centre. Um, the law enforcement agencies from United States Canada the UK Australia New Zealand and Singapore and later on uh, Interpol uh, will try and get uh, a handle on some on the grand corruptions you know um, that uh, usually around large large cases that can threaten political stability and um, you know, cause cause dramas around um, bribery of public officials, embezzlement, um, money laundering, all those sorts of things. So the idea of this is that the um, new centre, the IACCC, um, will be able to allow these nations to cooperate more effectively and, and efficiently and uh, be a, a bit more of a deterrent against uh, grand corruption. Um, on the 7th of July... Um, Tesla's Elon Musk announced that it'll work with the French firm neo uh, to build the largest, world's largest, lithium-ion battery um, in South Australia. So uh, the purpose of the battery was to store renewable energy. Um, there was a problem in South Australia when uh, a major storm passed through, some, some transmission lines were taken down um, and electricity supply was compromised for quite a long time and South Australia was in uh, complete blackout for, for quite a considerable period so uh, a lot of the blame was focused on South Australia's reliance on renewable energy um, South Australia argued against that and one of the steps it's taking um, to avoid a situation like that is, is to install this lithium ion battery capacity so it's as I said the biggest in the world um, and Elon Musk uh, made, a, made a famous guarantee around this that said if you can't complete it in 100 days, uh, it'll be free, you won't charge for it, but, uh, of course, uh, it was finished in time, and I believe it's online uh, today. Um, 15th of July also saw quite a controversial incident in Minneapolis when an Australian woman was shot by a US police officer fatally um, after she called... Uh, to report an assault near her house. Um, And the concerns were around how the police officers conducted themselves. They didn't turn on their body cameras, um, as protocol would suggest they should have uh, when responding to this incident. And um, the reasons for the shooting are unclear. You know, the lady had called them based on what she believed was an assault. She was um, in her pyjamas. She approached the car and, um, yeah, was shot and, uh, and uh, unfortunately, fatally. So that uh, has caused a lot of um, uh, upset and there were protests in the city as a, as a result of that and there's still, to this day, a uh, lack of clarity of an answer around what happened in that particular circumstance. Um On the 30th of July, there was uh, four men arrested in Sydney uh, from Surrey Hills, Lakemba, Wiley Park and Punchbowl uh, for planning a terrorist attack on a plane, um, which I think upset a lot of people. There was heightened security put in place, um, causing extensive delays at major Australian airports, Sydney particularly, um, with the heightened security. But, um, yeah, it it caused some real concern and... Fortunately, the authorities were able to um, break that racket and arrest those, those men before, uh, before they were able to carry out their attack. Um, early August, 1st of August to be precise, the Universities Australia uh, released a report uh, which found that 51% of university students were sexually harassed on at least one occasion in 2016. So quite a damning report. And something that these organisations now need to think about quite robustly. Um, and when you want to think about, you know, risks and uh, operational risks, particularly those those sort of things are uh, pretty scary numbers, 51% more than half of all university students. Um, so they've been sexually harassed at least once. So not not great reading and something that the universities are committed to addressing and, and turning around. Um Also in August, um, the Commonwealth Bank of Australia um, probably had its worst sort of day in a long time. On the 3rd of August, AUSTRAC, which is the Australian Transaction Reports and Analysis Centre, filed uh, civil proceedings proceedings against CBA, alleging that it committed 53,700 breaches of money laundering and uh, terrorism financing laws. Uh, quite a huge issue for CBA. Um, Major concerns around their intelligent ATM machines and some very basic protocols uh, around regulatory requirements to report certain amounts of uh, deposits um, just completely ignored. So, you know, that case is starting to unfold as we speak, but um, a major breach in... um, Protocol and, and risk management certainly for the CBA, and some would say probably uh, the straw that broke the camel's back in regard to banking. And as I'll talk about later, the uh, the banking royal commission. Um, in the U.S. in August, the um, we heard of the Charlotte Charlottesville protest, which became deadly when one person was killed and nineteen injured when uh, white supremacists white supremacists um, organize a protest about certain confederate statues being removed from public spaces and uh, yeah the year probably had a number of civil rights protests and clashes between right and left-wing activists so uh, these sort of things um, you know can particularly blow out of control very quickly and um, as we saw unfortunately somebody's lost their life in this um, in this event when a man drove his car into the into the crowd of counter-protesters. So not great. Um, Sticking with the US, it wasn't great um, when uh, they had southern cyclone strike, or hurricanes as they're called. Um, Harvey and Irma in the southern US and the Caribbean, so around uh, the middle of August, um, the um, hurricanes were were quite aggressive and um, there were only a few... Weeks apart, Harvey was a Category Four, and particularly hit around Houston and the Gulf of Mexico, with something like 52 inches of rain, which is enormous. And uh, Irma was a Category Five, and um, yeah, one of the strongest er- ever in that area, and uh, you know made quite a mess of the Caribbean before finally hitting Florida. So, between the two of them, 200 people killed and um, damage. Believed to be around about two hundred billion dollars, so the um, the uh, hurricane certainly left their mark in the U.S. So quite quite significant um, issues there for risk managers and insurers. Um, we also found out at the end of August that Wells Fargo, um, who we'd heard earlier had some um, the fraudulent account scandal where. Um, accounts were opened um something like two million accounts were opened uh without customer consent um in in all end of august wells fargo announced it found an additional 1.4 million accounts that were opened without customer consent so you know in total is something like three and a half million and uh you know so far the uh the, uh, the consequences have been pretty harsh, so 185 million in penalties, um, three, 5,300 employees have been uh, fired, uh, the CEO has resigned, and um, there's, uh, there's more to come, I think. The, um, in July, they found out that the bank had charged something like 800,000 uh, car loan customers uh, for additional protection, insurance protection that they didn't need. So, um, something like three quarters, uh, sorry, a quarter of a million customers defaulted on their loans and, uh, 25,000 vehicles were wrongfully repossessed. So, um, you know, just goes from bad to worse, um, uh, for Wells Fargo and, uh, you know, another question, I guess, around bank culture, um, and what, uh, boards, uh, can do about the culture in, in banks, um. Moving into September, we saw Mexico shaken by uh, deadly earthquakes. So in 12 days, uh, Mexico had two uh, massive earthquakes. So 7th of September was an 8.1 magnitude quake, which damaged 40,000 homes and killed at least 98 people. Um, And it was the strongest earthquake to hit the country in more than 230 years. Um, Just 12 days later, uh, a 7.1 magnitude Uh, earthquake hit near Mexico City uh, and the capital city was affected and about 200 people were killed in that. So it, ironically, was 32 years to the day after the 1985 Mexico City earthquake, which killed 10,000 people. So there is a positive in that. It may be that earthquake measures and building codes, uh, at least this time around, saved uh, more lives. But um, horrific time for Mexico in September. Um, September also saw another data problem. So Equifax uh, exposed something like 160 million consumers' data. Um, So that was a mix of uh, mainly US, 145 US, and 15 million in the UK um, in a cyber attack. So that's that's a pretty significant breach. Um, And of note was that the company uh, didn't handle it well. Uh, It took a long time to let customers know about it, and, you know, that was about six weeks after the hack. Um, Then, you know, they uh, offered what they thought was a remedy, Um, so they said they would give free credit monitoring and identity theft protection service after the breach. But there was fine print that said that, for them to sign up, they had to waive their their rights to sue the company, so anybody who took advantage of that free service was uh, then ineligible to sue. So, um, interestingly, in part of the twist, three of the senior executives in the organisation sold $1.8 million worth of Equifax stock soon after it became aware of the hack, but before it was disclosed to the public. So... Equifax is in all sorts of strife with lawsuits. Something like seventy um, have been filed um, as a result of that incident. So, one, a terrible situation that the breach happens in the first place, but two, just very poorly handled uh, when it was discovered. So, you know, think about your own organisation and what might happen if a similar situation occurred. Maybe not on the same scale, um, but you know, when you when you start losing customer data, uh, that's a that's a big drama. Um, September also saw Puerto Rico devastated by another hurricane, so Hurricane Maria in this case, Um, and it came sort of hot on the heels a couple of weeks after Hurricane Irma, Um, destroyed the power system, basically, and, you know, you had 3.4 million residents on the island basically without electricity for months on end Um, and, you know, plenty of other things uh, causing dramas. Something like 95% of cell phone towers... Uh, knocked over. so they believe this is going to be a major job to recover with some sort of estimate saying insured losses will be somewhere between 40 and 85 billion dollars. So um, that's that's quite significant, uh, a terrible terrible storm. Um, one October saw a, a horrific um, incident in Las Vegas we saw 59 people killed and 500 injured when a gunman um, set up on the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Hotel um, carried out a mass shooting Uh, the crowd were attending a music festival and uh, the shooter Stephen Paddock uh, just began indiscriminately shooting people from, from the balcony it's not clear what his motive was he had no terrorist connections and no particular um, threat was identified with the guy, he was on, wasn't on any watch list particularly, but um, yeah, he, uh, he planned this pretty meticulously, getting the uh, guns and ammunition that he needed into the, um, into the hotel and uh, you know, subsequently uh, when the police uh, were banging on the door, he's, he's killed himself as well, but an uh, absolutely horrific um, incident in Las Vegas. In uh, 4th of October, Amazon was charged with $300 million uh, of an EU tax bill. So um, this is, I guess, a groundswell we're seeing of many countries cracking down on um, organisations that earn their income in a local country and then repatriate the profits back to another country, usually a low tax jurisdiction. Um, and um, they uh, they uh, therefore don't pay their f- fair share in the in the original country. And um, uh, this ruling s- uh, enforced uh, Amazon to pay three hundred million dollars uh, for uh, taxes that they transferred into uh, Luxembourg, um, which is a low low tax jurisdiction. So, um, yeah, it was a a hell of a ruling. And and we saw that this is becoming a trend. So um, Apple has also been touched by this and it's with its Irish-based business and there's there's certainly plans uh, to recoup um, tax losses from um, firms. And we've seen that in Australia with moves already going on to recover um, billions of dollars um, in tax revenue from uh, overseas firms. Um, The other moment in October that uh, we will remember and and the ramifications uh, are still going and and will probably still go on for some time is uh, when uh, Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein was accused of sexual misconduct. And and, um, uh, we saw at the time um, Weinstein... um, suggest that he needed help, and, you know, some of us would suggest he needs more than that, um, it, but you saw from the, um, admissions and the people that came forward around the Weinstein case, um, actually triggered a whole flood of other allegations, um, so not only additional victims of Weinstein coming forward, but just other, uh, actors as well, and we've seen probably most notably Kevin Spacey, um, uh, also have the finger pointed at him, but even as far as uh, former president George HW Bush so um, we saw Fox News commentator Bill O'Reilly, all sorts of things have, have stemmed out of it so um, yeah uh, terrible action by Weinstein and these other people and um, yeah horrible horrible conduct and, and not not satisfactory at all but think about that from a risk perspective um, of how. Your team um, conducts itself. I guess in October we also saw some major fires, wildfires in um, California that uh, just were devastating. They they killed forty three people, eight thousand, nine thousand homes destroyed, um, and massive amounts of land of land consumed. So it uh, was the biggest in history. Losses could be two to three billion from an insured perspective but economic losses will obviously be much higher than that um, but there is uh, just a, a very um, scary pattern of, of fires happening around uh, California at the moment and um, yeah there's, there's also been as we've seen fires in Europe and blazes and in Spain, Portugal uh, all sorts of places so the, the, the fire threat is real and um, yeah, the um, whether it's climate-related or what it is, but the wildfires are, are becoming particularly particularly scary. Um, in an, in Australia, we saw um, finally the High Court rule on, on what I'm going to call the citizenship fiasco. I think most people will know what I'm talking about, but um, the High Court finally determined that Barnaby Joyce, Fiona Nash and Malcolm Roberts um, were ineligible for election at the time that they stood and were elected... Um, to Parliament. Um, Scott Ludlam and Larissa Waters, both Senators, were also found ineligible and they had both stepped down. Um, But Matt Canavan and Nick Xenophon were declared eligible. So, you know, a major disaster and distraction for the Australian Government at a time that we didn't need. it. We had plenty of other things on to worry about, but this is just another issue of personnel and and, um, how people and, and, uh, you know, screening and all those sort of things need to work. To, um, to make sure you eliminate these sort of hassles. Um, you know, and that wasn't the end of it. I think before the end of the year, we saw another three or four uh, scalps uh, as a result of the citizenship crisis. So, yeah, a, a terrible reflection on all concerned. Um, in early November in Texas, we saw the Texas church shooting where a gunman killed 26 people. Um, you know, still very raw from the Las Vegas massacre you know this guy turns up and starts open open fires on a on a congregation at a church in uh, Sutherland Springs um, again kills himself uh, before being caught um, and um, yeah does terrible damage and and you know devastates the lives of, of so many people um, again interestingly, Side story around it was that he had a previous history of of domestic violence and should never have been allowed to purchase a gun and, uh, you know, still managed to get away with it. Um, Interestingly, there is a thing called the Mass Shooting Tracker, which records incidents where four or more people were shot, and this was the 378th mass shooting in the United States in 2017. So I won't go on about gun laws, but I think there's something in there in that. Um, on 15 of November, we saw the Australian Marriage Law Postal Survey result announced, and uh, as you'll know, uh, vote for same-sex marriage was 61.6 in favour and 38.4% voting no. So same-sex marriage laws uh, have changed and um, same-sex couples can now get married in Australia. So uh, a little bit more of a brighter note after all those shootings. Um, On November 30, and harking back to my earlier point, um, the government announced a banking royal commission and... um, Uh, It probably wasn't what they wanted to do and was not their first choice, but I think they realised that momentum had built up to such a point that it was going to happen anyway and uh, they needed to take charge of it. So they've appointed High Court Judge uh, or former High Court Judge Kenneth Hayne and he will head up the Royal Commission into misconduct in the banking, superannuation and financial services industry. So uh, it will be on for quite a significant time, I'd suggest. Uh, also, uh, moving to December, we saw Barnaby Joyce, so the previously mentioned person that was ineligible uh, when he stood for election in the original election, um, he wins the New England by-election and uh, basically won it on a on a uh, in a landslide. So uh, he was re-elected uh, without too many dramas at all. So back in in Parliament. Um, also, in early December, uh, another uh, decision uh, from Donald Trump that's caused some real controversy, and that's um, when he's recognised Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. So, reversed decades of US policy, and um, we had we saw many uh, countries uh, uh, respond and react to that, and uh, we've seen and probably expect to see Uh, significant unrest triggered in the region as a result. So um, it will be interesting to see and I'm sure it'll be living with us through 2018. Um, The 15th of December also saw Justice Peter McClellan, the Chief Royal Commissioner, um, hand down his final report on the Royal Commission into institutional responses to child sex abuse. Uh, There were a number of recommendations that he made and, um, yeah, it was quite a significant... Commission of Inquiry. Um, It lasted almost five years and had a significant number of witnesses uh, attend hearings and there were some very disturbing revelations uh, during that process and lots of institutions with lots of work to do um, to to make a real difference in that space. Um, Believe it or not, on the 21st of December we had another driver um, ram into pedestrians in Melbourne. So you recall I mentioned one in January, well, on the 21st of December we had a man uh, who injured 18 people and uh, I've just literally found out today as I record this that one of the uh, injured people, a 83-year-old grandfather, um, actually died today. So uh, it's now one fatality and, um, and uh, 17 still uh, injured uh, as a result of him driving his car into pedestrians. Uh, on the corner of Flinders and Elizabeth Street in Melbourne. So two such attacks in one year in this city is, uh, is, is terrible. And, uh, yes, obviously the guy had some significant mental mental health issues. Um, and uh, just uh, on the 28th of December, uh, just some more details coming through again today as I see it, but uh, at least 12 people died, including one child uh, in an apartment fire uh, in the Bronx, uh, in one of New York City's boroughs. So it's believed, as I just heard some news reporting then, that the child, um, at a child unattended at an oven or a stove uh, has caused this fire. So, yeah, 12 people lose their life um, as a result of a child not being supervised. So, yeah, not a great outcome. So I guess the only other big story of the year and, and one that... Doesn't have a specific date, but it started in February and then went through till the end of November. But that was North Korea and their missile program. They launched over 20 missiles over that period. And whilst the program met with varying levels of success, so a number of rockets blew up on takeoff or didn't achieve the flights that they were designed to achieve. But I think it's suffice to say that the range and payload capabilities of those North Korean missiles has significantly improved over the year. So they now, it is believed, have missiles that have the range to reach continental USA and, um, you know, potentially northern Australia and those areas. So that's not a great thing to be entering into 2018 sort of with either. So another thought for risk managers to think about. So a lot happened. I'm sure I haven't covered everything off in, in 2017, but I tried to pull out some... Some highlights and key points. Um, Hopefully you found that interesting and it gives you some uh, pause for thought uh, about what some of the challenges of 2018 might be. Um, It just goes to show whether they're strategic risks or external risks or operational risks. Any of those um, can jump up and bite you if you're not um, prepared and you're not thinking about these things, uh, you know, all the time. So, uh, you can't be a part-time risk manager. I think I wrote somewhere that you you might be looking for a, a, another job if you treat risk as uh, as part-time. It's a it's a full-time occupation and something we need to keep turning our minds to. Uh, it's the thirtieth of December. By the time I uh, launch this podcast, it will be New Year's Eve. Um, may I wish you all the best for a wonderful New Year's Eve and uh, a great twenty eighteen. I'll be back with the podcast series in 2018, looking forward to talking to many more fantastic guests and hopefully bringing you content uh, that you find interesting and stimulating. Would love to hear from you with any ideas or thoughts you'd have for content so particular people you'd like to hear interviewed on the program, particular focus areas you'd like me to uh, address, uh, would love to hear from you on that. Um, My uh, email address is W at au, or my phone number is 404 829 040. So thanks again for listening this year. Hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast we've had to date. As I say, back in 2018, feel free to be part of it. would love to have your input into the program. All the best for 2018. Thanks very much. Thank you.